Internet outrage has destroyed the way we communicate. Everyone's angry, everyone's cancelled, and nobody is allowed to think for themselves. So we're here to fix that. to subtweet this. What's going on, everyone? My name is Gothics, and welcome back to another episode of Subtweet This. Uh, we are here with a very special guest, Hotep Jesus. What's going on, Hotep? How are you? What's up, man? Life is marvelous, marvelous. Couldn't be better. Really? In this in this climate, it's marvelous? Wow. <laughs> oh, it's see. even better in this climate. <laughs> okay. I, I, I live for abnormalness and chaos that's why i usually thrive that's uh, that's like dollar right yeah, you guys would get along great he's an agent of chaos as he says i love yeah, it yeah like you know um a lot of people are gonna have trouble adjusting to all of this stuff mm-hmm. and um not me my stock portfolio is positioned nicely so none of this stuff will affect me um I have three tech companies. None of this stuff is going to affect my ten tech companies. Um, and uh, if Biden is in fact going to be inaugurated, we see the disappearance of Black Lives Matter. So <laughs> Black Lives Matter is already gone. COVID like, is going to be oh, gone. Everything's going like, to miraculously disappear. Yeah. <laughs> my niggas, we out. <laughs> yeah, Black Lives Matter is gone. Antifa is gone. COVID's gone. It's like you got to look at the bright side of things, right? All mean, right. I an idea. What you mean? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So those are really good things I want to ask you about. But before we jump into that, tell everyone about yourself. Who is Hotep? Who am I? I'm a lot of things. I'm, I'm so hard to describe because, first of all, I'm an autodidact, right? So um, I spend a lot of time learning and studying and reading and just trying to learn as much as possible. Um I come from a, a semi-affluent black background. Both of my parents made six figures, um, but I got family in the hood. So I got a, a crossover exposure. Plus my dad's from Jamaica. So I got immigrant in me. I got like black American hood and suburban in me. So I have this vast mix of cultures and uh, I have a lot of sales experience. I'm 40 years old, so I have a lot of like job experience and work experience. And, um, you know, when I grew up uh, in the 90s, like when you look at, you know, uh, the 2000s, man, you know, 98 to like the two until, up until I want to say that decade between 98 and 2008. Um, you could just like quit a job and walk right into another one the same exact day. So the market was great. So I have a ton of job experience. I worked for like a dozen restaurants at least. And then I did, I did mortgages. Um, I come from a computer geek background. So I understand computers very, very well. I used to build them when I was a kid. Um, a, little, a tiny bit of programming experience. I was certified by Microsoft at 18 uh, for a systems engineer. Um, and then uh, I became a music artist at the time, you know, I was taking my mortgage money and invested in, you know, in, in other artists. I have my own record label and, uh, my artist got incarcerated and a friend of mine invited me to join a group with him. So I actually became an artist and then I toured, I had a blog that was doing a million hits, I ended up working for 50 cent. Then I launched a brand with Carmelo Anthony. Then I got into tech. So I'm a lot of different things. You know what I mean? That's pretty dope though. I, I you made a light for yourself. Like crazy ass resume. Yeah. That's, that's- <laughs> That's pretty cool. 
okay. yeah my resume but a black is, man can't make it in america i was told <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's crazy I, it, it was it was very difficult there I, I can't say i didn't deal with racial barriers a lot of my racial barriers were more like pandering right so like when I work at 50 Cent, I was working for a startup company. So they would treat me like a black guy who didn't know much because I got in there because of a publicity stunt. Mm. So that's how I got in the company. But what a lot of people didn't realize was I wrote the marketing plan, the launch plan for that company. A lot of people didn't realize it until later on. So I'm surrounded by Harvard and Yale grads and about. I'd say three months in, they were coming to me to do their work. <laughs> like, yo, I need help on this. I need help on this. So I was helping them because I'd really, you know, it was like one thing to go to Yale and Harvard. It's another thing when you've actually successfully launched businesses, right? Yeah. So I had that real life experience that they, you just can't buy at a college. So I was working at this startup and this is the last startup I, I worked for. And um, when I first got there, they wanted me to handle growth. I was in charge of growth for the tech company. It was a uh, mobile gaming app. And uh, I was running the Facebook ads and the guy asked me, why aren't, you know, a few weeks in, he's like, you know, we had a negative 90 ROI. He's asked me what's wrong. So I told him, I said, well, you need your Facebook pixels to register every time somebody purchases so we can optimize for purchase conversions. And he didn't take me serious. So I learned through corporate, you got to put things in writing. So I sent an email out to the team. I said, hey, here's why things aren't working. Well, weeks went by and he was on my neck and he's like, yo, things aren't working. Things aren't working. So I wrote another email and told him why. And he's like, oh, that can't be it. Blah, 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 blah. Fine. So they said they'll implement the purchase conversions uh, in the next iteration of the app. Well, a month later, the uh, next version of the app hits. And uh, I come into work the next day and sales skyrocket. So I walk in and of course I got a smile on my face because I already know what happened. <laughs> and the boss asks me, he goes, oh, why? Well, why is it working? Why is it working? And I'm like, the purchase conversion thing I told you. He's like, no, that can't be it. <laughs> so what, when that happened, I was just like, on my way out. And then I had this other time, right? One more story. I was working for a startup. This is Rockefeller Center. And it was uh, two white girls and their daddy was bankrolling the whole situation. This was like a social media app. And uh, I made a tweet go viral from their account. And the it, it turned into 747 downloads. I still remember the number. 747 downloads. So I walk into work the next day, again, smile on my face, knowing I just caused a victory after we hadn't had much happen. And she asked me, what happened? What happened? So I, I'm like, the tweet went viral. Here it is. I showed it to him. She's like, no, that can't be it. <laughs> <laughs> the denial. The denial. Like, no, 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 that's, that's what you said doesn't work. No way. What do you and know? I'm just like, that's wait. You asked me to do a job. Keep in mind, I had a three month contract. I made this happen in two months. Damn right. I made the impossible happen over a viral tweet. And then he hit me with the that couldn't be it. So I had to spend like half a work day like tracking everything and trying to show them. And they just Still wouldn't accept it. And, you know, I hate to pull the racial card, but I feel like if I was some clean cut white guy who didn't have 100%. dreads, they would have said, oh, yeah, great job, you know, but mm. yeah, so 100%. so I learned my lesson and I said, you know what? No more working for startups unless I have a board seat in equity and I'm part owner. Cause then you gotta listen to me, ah, you know. That's smart. And, and 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 even to have those type of situations, the person would have to take you serious 
to even offer me equity, to even offer me a board seat. So that's what I do now. I uh, I collect tech companies. Nice. nice. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. my resume is nothing compared to that. That is awesome. <laughs> that's inspirational. Okay. Um, we even get our names out there. Hi, I'm Saul. Yeah, that, do that. Yeah, we just we just like threw you in here. How old are you? Uh, I'm 32. I'm 29. Okay. Classified. Yeah, all looks so young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he especially him. He looks like a fetus. <laughs> Bro, you say you're, you're 40. You look like, like no, the other guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We're we're I guess we're kind of young. Okay, so we got y'all are young. Y'all y'all are young yeah, though. You know, compared yeah, to me. Right? So yeah. you're what? Thirty three. Yeah, y'all are young, man. You know, um, things usually start clicking at thirty three. Yeah. That's that's that magic number. Things didn't click for me until 33. I mean, I had a lot of success before that, but the 50 cent thing didn't really kick off until 33. And then I'm at 40 now. It's just like, pew, nice. right? The trajectory right, is up. Nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can, feel it. I can feel it clicking. Okay. It's working. It's getting started. All right. You still got time. You still got time. Take your time. What you're doing right now is perfect, right? Building your own brand. Yeah. That's the way. Don't feel like you got to go resume build. Resume, um, skill build. And what you're doing right now being content creators is the future of the world. UBI, AI taking all these jobs. You'll apply for it now. Our job, apply for a job now and AI take their job in five years. So screw that. Be a content creator because that is the future. People are going to be tasked to entertain each other while robots do all the work. Yeah. So actually, let me piggyback off that really quick. So do you consider yourself a content creator? Uh, no, I don't okay. call myself one, but I am one by default because I create content. Okay. And, um, I have an app called Jiffetize, which empowers content creators, it allows you to download just some videos directly from the Twitter platform, direct to your iPhone. So when you see something go viral, you can snatch it really fast in seconds and, and bring it right to your phone. Oh, so cool. I empower content creators. You know, we have the podcast host has been told you every Thursday at eight. And then I have, uh, I do a bunch of interviews on, on my channel and I stream chess and I have a uh, and I talk relationships on Wednesday, on Wednesdays with Crypto Wendio. So I am I do create content. So technically, I'm a content creator. OK, Dope. I would call myself more of an entrepreneur, though, because that's where I'm like. Uh, and I know we're going to getting off sidetracked already. But like, I know that because I'm kind of trying to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing, because I kind of stopped just doing specific gaming streams. And I've been doing all these kinds of things. And that's why I find you f so fascinating because you're a jack of all trades. Yeah. So I always wonder, like when people come to me and they say, hey, your content's not the same. What are you doing now? I'm just like, I have no idea. I'm just going <laughs> with the good. flow. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. People used to tell me, oh, you're a jack of all trades. That's no good. It's not going to work out for you. And my intuition told me, fuck them. Right. It was like, mm -hmm. do you, bro. Like you, if you can do everything, do everything not a, see uh I, I believe hunter rex hunter is the anime and um they have these different archetypes of superpowers and yeah. then they have you know what i'm talking about I'm, i watch hunter hunter is my favorite anime so i know the breakdown like there's Break different classifications so there's different classifications of hunter class now when you watch the anime is like they're just fighting and it's just like they got different type of powers but when they get that hunter class uh, ID um, license, they're like, okay, I'm a hunter of fine cuisine. 
That's mm. all we do. We hunt for exotic cuisine. Then another guy go, I hunt for freaking exotic bugs. But but, but not that. It's the Nen power. The, oh, the Nens. The Nens. The Nens is a, the Nens is a whole different. That's a we, that's a whole twelve episode podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Nens. It's like Nens is based off of it's a emitter, emitter, enhancer, and a conjurer. Yes. So emitter, you're able to like emit it. Uh, enhancer, you can enhance your strength, and a conjurer, right. you could conjure like a weapon. So that's right. the three different classes of Nen types. Yes, I'm a nerd. I watch anime. And then <laughs> there's one where can you can adapt all three. Yes, I and was. Who that has that power? Only one, and that, that was a Karapo. Karapoka. had all three. Karapaka has all three. So yeah. I compare myself to Karapaka, right? Some people only have one type of Nen power, but Karapaka can modify himself for all three types of Nen power. And he's one of the most powerful guys in the show. So that's what we are, right? It's like some people are specialists and they're great at that. And when you try to force people who can do everything to be specialists, you're actually taking away from their power. And other thing is when you're trying a whole lot of things, that's good because you're, you're waiting to see what pulls you in and then that's when you specialize right so i was always doing all things and i found out oh we're going to talk about culture and that whole trump era came in and we're talking about politics and i just stayed in that lane but i was great in that lane because i understood economics i understood finance uh i understood culture society marketing business right so when i'm talking in these circles i had this wide range of expertise so I can add to the conversation to where some people are just like, all they can talk is politics. And I, and I, and I study history. I'm a history buff. That's you know, hold up that that's, 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 I, I really could relate to that, but being a jack of all trades, because me, when I was growing up, I always was going to say, I want to just do one thing, but I was doing one thing. I, it didn't, it didn't click with me. So then I, after high school, I just went straight into the military okay. and then, I did my time in the military and in the military, you could switch jobs. You could be like, I, I'm just going to be infantry. I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that, I'm this, that. So then I, I kind of like, I kind of fell into being an instructor. I'm just like, I like instructing. So after I got out of the military, I was working some odd jobs in a restaurant, cleaning parks, a laser tag arena and all that stuff and selling energy. Mm. Like, you know, I was just learning different things. Yeah. And then I got into like teaching a OSHA construction Mm. And then I was like, all right, this is, this is good money for me. All right, I'm going to mm. start doing this. Then I got into the construction world where I'm actually a safety, a safety manager. Mm. Now I'm just like, okay, I'm going to become a CPR instructor too. Mm. So I could, I break up all the different things. And when people hear that, I was like, why are you doing all these different type of classes? You got this, this, and this, you got your jack of all trades. Like, yes, because I can always go, okay, this is not working out. I'll switch to this now. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is working out now, but let me go back to this. Oh, wait, let me just make my own school and combine all the classes together. Yeah, and that's what, you know, value. on the side. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my value goes up. So on the <laughs> side, I do have like a school with another guy. So at the end of the day, oh, we need this type of training. Don't worry, I got it. Oh, we need this type of training. Don't worry, I got it. Yeah. And it makes me more valuable to a company because at the end of the day, I could go and say, you're going to hire me at X amount. End of right. story. There's no ifs, ands, and ands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and it. the thing is about being a jack of all trades, you're going to find later on in life, all those things you were doing was just adding to your skill stack. Like Scott Adams talk, talks about having a skill stack, right? So 
my background in computers has made it easy for me to adapt to this whole stream in life. And I can build a website. So my brand is popping because I know how to just get in there and do stuff. So all these skills start to complement each other at some point and everything comes to a head. The other thing about being a jack of all trades is, did you ever find that you just got bored with something and it was just time to move on? Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's, that's your cue to move on. Yeah. And and people will make you feel bad for that. Like, why didn't you stick with that? I'm bored with it. It no longer serves me. But what's going to happen is when you go into your next thing, that old thing, you're going to be like, I learned the skill while I was doing that old thing that's helping me in this new thing. Right. Yeah. So just keep rolling, man. Dope. All right. All right. That's dope. Um, okay. So now that we talked about that, I have to go back, backtrack a little bit because your name is Hotep Jesus. And I heard yeah. on uh, you were on the Joe Rogan podcast. And you said that you uh, were given that name. So uh, explain to me what a hotep is, because I um, I actually saw a few uh, content creators on Twitch who were talking about hoteps at the beginning of BLM. And according to them, <laughs> hotep means uh, uh, they are the black slash diet version of white conservatives, a conservative, if you will. This is what I saw. So I want you to tell me what is a hotep precisely? Yeah. So (laughs) in order to do that, we first have to give you a history of Hotep. So in the 90s, you'll see uh, Tupac Shakur, uh, Queen Latifah, um, Arrested Development, um, Black Star with Most Deaf. There was a strong... African consciousness that permeated through the black community. Y'all was probably kids then, right? And it was very much quote unquote hotep where it was about Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey. You know, these are names you're not going to hear from the left unless they find some way to, you won't hear Garvey, that's for sure. Um, To take it back even further, you'd have to look at the fight between Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois. And W.E.B. Du Bois would represent um, the boule or the black leftists. And Booker T. Washington would be the quote unquote hotep. So if you really want to know the origins, you'd have to study that dynamic. You have Marcus Garvey who comes here from Jamaica and gets extradited. W.E.B. Du Bois and them have him locked up and put in jail, black leftists. So this fight between the left and the so-called right in the black community has existed for over a hundred years. And what you're seeing is just a continuation of that, where they try to demonize what some would call right-wing thought or conservative thought. Conservative is more like a ideology, I guess you can say, right? So we got Shahrazad Ali, we got John Henry Clark, Dr. Ben, Dr. Tony Martin, Umar Johnson might fall under that, Shaka Akmos, Dr. Kaba Kamene. These are names you won't hear from a black leftist. They don't follow this school of thought, Dr. Sebi. And we're really like, let's remove white people from the equation completely and focus on ourselves. Whereas the leftists like to complain about white supremacy. White supremacy this, white supremacy that. Now, let me give you some more history. Back in the 80s and 90s, you had the Nuwapians, you had the uh, Moorish um, Science Temple, um, 
You got the 5% movement. Um, the more science temple comes up from under noble Drew Ali. You got the nation of Islam. You got the fruit of Islam. Uh, you got a brother by the name of Khalid Muhammad. Now, Khalid Muhammad, there's some controversy about his death. But after his speech at Kane University, he was basically ostracized from from society. Um, he was also uh, re- removed from the nation of Islam. But we come from that school of Khalid Muhammad. In order to understand us, you got to understand the people we study. Khalid Muhammad did a speech once on police brutality. Police brutality is not new. And Khalid Muhammad doesn't deny what happens with white people, what they do to us. But his protocol was rank and badge number. We're behind enemy lines. So if you get pulled over by a cop, the only thing you give them is your rank and badge number. You don't argue and do all these things that people tend to do, which gets them shot. You operate as if you're behind enemy lines. So the Hoteps, we we very much focus on what do we do to make the situation better? Because we're not trying to change the system or change white people. Whatever they're going to do, they're going to do. Whatever the system's going to be, that's what they're going to be. So we focus on ourselves. So when Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin, and all of them were murdered, Tamir Rice were murdered, one of the things I said was, let's boycott the NFL. And the reason why I said that was because I knew that the so-called white supremacist structure, TV, runs off of the NFL. The NFL fuels this entire nation. From an entertainment perspective, and a lot of people don't know that news depends on the NFL. You'll see a spike in their ratings during the NFL season. You look at Twitter on Sundays and it's just right. America runs on the NFL. And you know what they said to me? I was crazy. Now we fast forward. And what happened? You got Colin Kaepernick taking a knee and all of that stuff happened. Another thing I said was, let's boycott Nike. And they said, oh, no, we ain't boycotting. Nike. You know, black people love Nike. And I said that because <laughs> I ran into I get them J's. <laughs> right. I said that because I ran into a piece of information. It's called Behind the Swoosh. It's a documentary called Behind the Swoosh. And it has pictures or video footage of black women in an Asian nation working for less than $2 a day making these sneakers. And I said, I'd be a hypocrite to call myself conscious and still support this entity. I know everything here is made in sweatshops from China, but we had to choose. The, let's go for the top guy. And that's Nike. So I said that and they're like, oh, get out of here. I'm like, all right, cool. What about let's let's stop eating fried chicken. Well, you know, black folks ain't giving up fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so so I became an enemy with all these solutions. Right. And I was saying the onus is on us to let's just divest. And then I said, buy black. And they're like, oh, you can't do it through black capitalism. And I'm just like. What? Like, I didn't get it. So Trump decides to run. Um, And I got introduced to conservatism and republicanism for the first time in my life. All my life, I was told Republicans were racist. And to me, um, I just thought all white people were racist. I didn't think that a Democrat was any different than a Republican, (laughs) right? Um, But, you know, uh, so when Trump ran, he was running on the media's fake news, and I'm like, yes, finally somebody said it, right? Because the before that, the only time I heard it was from people like Alex Jones. And I used to tell people like, yo, turn the TV off. That was one of my big mantras coming up. Before I was even Hotep Jesus, I used to tweet almost on a daily basis, turn the TV off. And people used to say I was crazy for that. They used, I used to get, I used to lose followers by the dozens when I said, turn off the TV, turn off the TV. So when Trump came up and he said, fake news, I said, yes. Now keep in mind, I'm following what the Clinton Foundation is doing. And I seen this, the, the, the fuckery they pulled in Haiti. 
So when I seen black people supporting us, I'm like, yo, we wait, what are y'all doing? It's the, the lady that caused problems in Haiti and the money. And if y'all go to Haiti, they don't like this woman. Like, where are we at right now? Right. right? Like, who are we supporting? This is the same woman that called us super predators. And I'm like, and y'all love Trump before with the rappers. And I'm just right. like, he's a racist out of nowhere now. Right. So then when I, I wouldn't say align myself with him, but when I started, you know, saying like, this is a better president option than Hillary, that's when the whole comparison to white conservatives came down the pike. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to ally with them, going to ally with these white conservatives. So I did that and we got very close. Right. Keep keep in mind, prior to this, I didn't like white people. I hated white people. Right. I didn't have a single white friend before this. And then I went through a spiritual awakening and said I had to love all people. So when I came to this whole conservative thing, I had removed that white hate from me. So I was uh, able to now talk to white people. Before that, my following was all black. So then people were like, yo, you changed, you changed. But my message stayed the same. Screw Nike. I still ain't watching football. I'm still not watching TV. And I'm still focused on black economics. But the left is controlled by leftists. They're controlled by socialists. And oh, it's upstairs. The book by Manning, Manning Johnson, shows you how the leftists and the socialists use black problems to push that communist agenda in America. For example, if anybody ever studied Walter E. Williams or Thomas Sowell, like Thomas Sowell, Thomas Sowell yeah. is an icon him. to white folks, right? Yep. He's an icon to white folks. You can't find Thomas Sowell. I typed in all the all of the black outlets, Black Enterprise, Ebony, Essence. These magazines, I thought I wanted to be on the cover of when I got older. I went and typed in Thomas Sowell and you can't find anything on this man. And I'm like, yo, here's one of the greatest economists of all time, black man. And he did nothing. So anyway, he was he came under the school of Walter E. Williams and Walter E. Williams wrote a book about South Africa. So when we look at the history of minimum wage, the history of minimum wage is actually racist. What happened was they created minimum wage because black people were undercutting the market. We came in under cheap labor. So when they installed minimum wage, we could no longer compete by price. And it started in South Africa and they did it here in America. So when black people over here pushing this socialist agenda, I'm like, yo, this is the same thing they use to price us out of the market. So we'd end up on the unemployment line. So we'd end up needing welfare. But these people don't understand economics and they think that minimum wage is the way. And and truthfully, if you took all of these restrictions, you know what what else minimum wage does? It makes it so that kids in high school can't get a job which is why you see old folks working at Walmart right now, right? Right. <laughs> Kids can't get those jobs because you can't pay them under the table or a lesser amount. And then it, what does it do to the black entrepreneur? The black entrepreneur, if he gets caught paying his cousin less than minimum wage, he gets hit with a fine from whatever agency is governing that thing. SEC, I don't know who it is. So it's actually putting restrictions on small business. It's putting restrictions on the middle class, which is stopping your upward mobility. But they think it's hurting the corporations. The corporations can afford. The corporations are the one lobbying for this stuff because it destroys competition. Because competition comes from innovation. But if people can't work their way up and 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 even get the business off the ground by hiring a couple people, like what if I told you, hey, look, I, I know I can cover your lunch and gas. They're legislating that out. And what what that does is it it destroys your ability to earn skills. Because let's say you work under me, Hotep Jesus, for a bus pass or a train pass and lunch. By the time I'm done with you, 
in a year, you could go get that $50,000 job. You can go get that $70,000 job. So you might have took a pay cut for this first year, but next year you're good. You got a salary and I'm going to push you. I'm going to write the letter of recommendation, but I can't even hire you because I can't afford to pay minimum wage. And these people don't understand economics, so they don't see how this stuff is hurting. And when you say economics, the first thing they say, oh, is capitalism is racist. It's just like, oh, my God, you guys don't know shit. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't stand that, to be honest. And did you notice that you were kind of getting this comments more when you found yourself a little bit aligning yourself more with conservative views? One of the things that I definitely wanted to talk about with you is because I see your retweets and everything. Just hilarious, man. Where you where you could be like, oh, you know, Democrats leading black people into the ballots. <laughs> you're, you're a good troll, I have yeah. to say. So it's just like, I, I don't know, like you definitely noticed that when the election was going on, how you see like really hardcore leftists saying the most racist shit and how it's, you know, within the black community, of course, if you don't think a certain way, you get judged right off the bat. It's just like, if you don't think a certain way, you like it, like if you ain't kinfolk, like if you ain't still saying it's just like if you're we're not a monolith yeah not all not all skin folk is kin kin folk. Folk. yeah so it's just like do you think like this trend it's gonna get worse before it gets better like i know that this yeah. animosity has always been within the black community but for for some reason i feel like it's kind of like at its peak right now oh no like i said this history is over 100 years old it technology is just making it more in your face it's making it more apparent and it's just going to keep happening over and over again so you got to understand is the fact that the media has such a stronghold over our people um tradition is is something that's can be a a crippling they have a tradition of being lit so-called liberal voting down ballot like voting down ballot just sounds ignorant you know what i mean but you know i i, I bought this book from harvard uh because i wanted to learn how to negotiate because i sucked at negotiating at one point so i was like what am i doing wrong i you know i wasn't negotiating the right contract so i read this book on negotiation and you know one of the things i learned was you need two parties in order to negotiate, right? So to start a bidding war. If you ain't got a, a, a B option, you can't negotiate well. You can negotiate because you can fake like you got a B option, but you can't negotiate real well. So if I say, yo, I got Democrats on the left side and Republicans on the right side. But if the Democrats know I'm never going to look at the Republicans, I have no negotiating leverage. They have to have the fear that I'll go to Another record label, for example, you see this with artists. Artists don't get the contract they want until they start a bidding war. Right. But that's because you have options. Black people have removed their options, which is why we have no room for negotiation. And that's basic negotiating tactics is to have options. But when people know, like, oh, they're not going to vote Republican. We don't got to do nothing for them. So they take us for granted. And you see what our communities look like, so on and so forth. And I brought this up in the in the, in the the voice chat app. And they really had no rebuttal for me when I brought that up. The leftists. You know, I'm outnumbered in there. And they had no rebuttal for that. When I said, uh, for example, I was in another room and they're like, oh, democracy, democracy. And I'm like, you know, democracy works against a minority, right? Like it, 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 it technically means majority rules. It's majority mob rule. And if black people are a minority in America, the last thing you want is democracy. And America is not a democracy. It's a republic, which is why we have the electoral college. Right. That's exactly what it's set up. There's a reason why they made us three fifths of a man, because America's not a democracy. <laughs> so when I said that, 
she sent me back down to the audience. so I couldn't rebuttal. And then she said, oh, well, things are not perfect. And then she glazed over the point. So the thing is, these people and I can't get a leftist to come on my channel. I can't get a leftist to bring me on their channel because when the people in the middle who actually want to have information and, and get to the bottom of this, when they hear common sense, they start questioning these other people. So the problem with the black communities are not presented people like me. All right. Ebro says I'm banned from Hot 97. I had an interview at Hot 97 set up. I tweeted I was on my way there. And five minutes later, the person running an interview called me up and said the interview was canceled. And there was no rescheduling involved. So I was banned from Hot 97. Roland Martin covered a debate I did, but he won't bring me on his channel. None of these leftists will bring me on a channel, but I can do the greatest podcast in the world, Joe Rogan. I can do the greatest Bitcoin podcast in the world, Peter McCormick. So all these white people have given me a microphone, but Black leftists won't, right? They won't have a conversation with me. I said, Mark Lamont Hill, come talk to me. He wouldn't talk to me, but he'll go talk to Candace Owens, right? Because she's got the huge platform. But he came in my mentions after I said I wanted to talk to a black leftist, but then he turned me away because he knew if he had a conversation with me, he'd have to confront the truth. And that's what hoteps are. We we confront the truth and we, pre- we present all sides of the argument. And it's not to say some of the gripes that leftists have are wrong. I think police brutality, a lot of these things are a problem. But, you know, one of the things I said was, um, why don't you just police yourself. The, the problem with that is, though, a black man is going to whoop your ass and now you won't be able to scream racism. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because there's, there's a book and a movie called The Experiment. Have you ever seen that? Oh, experiment? Okay. I- the Experiment. And it's based upon, I believe it was a true story. What they did was they grabbed uh, uh, two groups of men uh, and they put them in a fake prison and they told them for a set amount of days, you have to follow the protocol of how a prison would run. So you had your CEOs and you had your inmates. Man. I, I did see that movie. I know you're talking yeah, about now. With, with uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yes. Yes. And, and you somebody else. Uh, sh- it was another, it was a couple of good actors in that movie. And it's just like they took it upon themselves and then the chaos that that happened. It's like yeah. you were given, you guys set it up the way you want, how you guys feel it works and run with it. And it was yeah. like a fight. It's like, I'm going to be the warden. So I was like, the, the guy's like, no, fuck you. And it's like, people started dying and everything. Yeah. It's like the guys yeah. who were warden were getting killed. And it was, I'm yeah. the warden now. It's like, it was, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the a really rules, good movie. Yeah, the, it was a great movie. The rules were, you know, there was lockdown at a certain time, this, that, and the third. But all parties knew this was an experiment. So it all started with one guy kind of moving in to the cell a little slow. So the guy's like, yo, come on, like, hurry up. And then he pushes him. But if you know this is an experiment, like, y'all don't even technically have to follow these rules. You can just yeah. be like, yo, we're going to kick it and play cards this whole time. Right? Yeah. Like we're all people here, but it just goes to the fact that what happens when you give people power, what happens psychologically. And that's what people don't understand about police is they're given too much power and they're not psychologically assessed. They're not trained properly to even take on that role. So people think it's racism and that might play a role. But really, the problem is how much power they have and how much how little training it is. For example, when I talk about communism. I said, do you realize it's easier to be a cop than it is to be a cosmetologist? It's easier to get a gun and shoot somebody than it is to do somebody's hair. 
You actually got to go through more hours of training to do hair than you do to be a cop. And then black people are like, you know, communism's great. No, communism is the thing that set those barriers in place. So Letitia can't do hair out of her house. <laughs> so why right? don't we, I don't get why people think communism is great when we see like countries that did run on communism suck. They keep saying, oh, to, it's not the right type of communism or it hasn't been tried no type, yet or something. Like Russia ran as a communist state. And it, they, they were poor and it, it fucked up. Um, with, I believe, uh, China was a communist. What's China is, communist? Is. It, it still is a communist state. And in China, is it like you can't have more than a certain amount of kids or they kill them? I don't oh, know yeah. if they, they kill them. They used to pay a fine. They used to pay a fine. Yeah. Yeah. So but they, they took that away now. I, I, I just don't understand where we see like other countries. I'll tell you. Where people are coming, when people leave that country to come to America, because it's like, it sucked over there and I could have a better opportunity here because you guys because, got a two-party system that's fun. Because they never read 1984. They never read Gulag Archipelago. They never studied Alexander Solzhenitsyn. They never studied economics, <laughs> right? You see, what socialists do is they appeal, they appeal to emotion and, and that's it, right? It's just emotion and you're not going to be presented with any facts or any alternative arguments. The playbook is actually to, uh, who, who was the guy that wrote the playbook on this? It's slipping my mind right now. It'll come to me later. But um, the, the, the playbook is basically to not even listen to counter arguments. It's not even to give them a stage, give counter arguments a stage. It's to shut it down. As soon as he speaks, starts speaking, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. You hear him saying this at the protest, shut it down, shut it down. They train these people at the college, right? So the indoctrination happens in college. So the more educated a Negro is, the less of a black man he becomes. Communists, they become socialists at these at these universities. And that's what the problem is. Anytime you look at these blue check Negroes, anytime you 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 look at these these fools, they all have BAs. They all have college degrees, every last one of them. And they're just paper on the wall Negroes. And that's and that's the problem when because even if you, for example, we got hoteps in college right now. And to be a good teacher, you have to allow your students to argue and you have to allow your students to look at both sides. So when you got hoteps coming in and saying, well, there might be some room to argue about this Biden Trump thing and a teacher shuts them down or gives them a failing grade on an essay because they don't agree. The, the institutions don't even allow free thought. The teachers don't allow the kids to counter argument. You know, I have a class every Saturday and I open up myself to argument because I want to learn. So I say, if you find something that you don't think is right, show me the other side of the argument. Let's walk down that lane and I'll even agree to disagree. You cannot get a leftist to agree to disagree. You just get combat and they'll, and the, and they don't deal with facts. They don't deal in reality and all of their comments are viscerals. Holy shit. I'm talking, I'm hearing all of this. And then I'm just like, based on like the things that I've been thinking, like this whole, like everything that you said, I'm just like, is this me? Like, am I looking at myself right now? It's, it's wild. I don't know. Maybe I'm a hotep. Do I <laughs> be. Listen, don't don't make me get the hat out. Oh my <laughs> god, yo, he got the. Don't make me get the hat. That's Let's go. go. That's so funny that you. That, I got uh, the hat. I listen, it's right. <laughs> it's a little bit of hotep in all of us. Yeah, that's no, what we say. I, I, it's funny that you bring that up because I, I always talk about how we've basically lost the art of having a conversation, and I know that you, you definitely one of your like your main platform that you really like you you have a book on is to be how to be successful like get a cult like following on twitter and i want to ask like you know what the climate that we have in twitter now where cancel culture is kind of rampant and just the art of conversation is not 
like it's just not there do you still feel like it's kind of easy to have that type of success on twitter where conversations just being shut down before it's even started yeah, I don't have conversations on Twitter. I just troll, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fuck all that noise. Fuck that shit. Yeah. You want to have a conversation, come on one of my podcasts and we can have a real conversation. In fact, people are always shocked because, you know, they 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 see my Twitter and then they get in they they jump into one of my interviews and they're like wait, who is this guy? I didn't get this from his Twitter. And it's because Twitter is just not the place for that. So the name of the guy was Saul Alinsky and it's called Rules for Radical. And rule number five was ridicule a man's most potent weapon, right? So the argument comes up and instead of facing the argument, for example, if I say, hey, we should try out um, black economics. So what you'll do is you'll say that's rooted in white supremacy, and that's a trigger word in your followers mind. So it goes on and says there is no defense. So they don't defend their side. And he's, he continues. He said it is almost impossible to counterattack ridicule. And he's right. Also, it infuriates the opposition who then react, which is to your advantage. And that's the situation the right is in. They're trying to battle this thing with logic. And then as soon as you come with your logic, they're like, racist. <laughs> yep. Racist, white supremacist. White supremacist. Anti-black. Okay. Anti-black. Yeah. Homophobe. Right. And that's directly from Rules for Radical by Saul Alinsky. And this is the playbook in which they take these people into meetings and they teach them this. Now, they don't show them it's from Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. They just brainwash them with that type of thing. Right. So, for example, let's say we were to sit in one of these classes and I'm like at a BLM meeting and. Let's say I'll give you two scenarios. One is like somebody hops up and they say, hey, you know, what about trying this? The whole room will ridicule and ostracize that person. So everyone else who even thought about trying to bring a counter argument understands that I will be ostracized. So that's not allowed. The other thing is they'll just give them the arguments right away and say, hey, look, if somebody brings this up, this is rooted in white supremacy. They won't tell you the tactics behind doing that, but they'll just say they're going to talk about black economics. And then I'll say black economics equals white supremacy. Capitalism equals white supremacy. And then this equals racism. So the people in that meeting are writing this down like, okay, yeah, that's rooted in white supremacy. Okay. Right. But the tactics aren't given to them. The people at the front of the room are given in those tactics. So coming back to your question about conversation, you can't have a conversation with these people. It's impossible. You, you, in fact, in this book right here, Michael Malice, the new right, he even says it's a waste of your time. So when people come to my mentions trying to argue, I just hit the block button. I don't have time. I don't have time because you're trying to argue logic with emotion. And I always tell them, yo, go get your boss. Go get your best blue check and tell them, come debate me. And they disappear. (laughs) There's not a soul on it. And they know I exist because they've covered me when I've had negative press. Right. I did Fox News. NBC won't see me. CBS. None of these stations to come come talk to me. But I can get every podcast in the world. I'm, I'm, I'm highly requested. But the leftists won't talk to me. And it's because they can't allow those people in the middle, their audience, to even hear that argument. Because if they do, we'd flip so many minds. But but, you know, Twitter's not the place to have conversations at all. I always say if you want to have a good conversation, ask questions. So when somebody enters my mentions, if they're not asking questions from a place of honesty, I usually just don't respond. You know, for example, they'll say, uh, don't you think this is white supremacy? 
supremacy. And whenever somebody phrases a question with don't you think and try to lead you in a direction, they're not asking from a place of honesty and wanting to learn. They're trying to force their opinion on you. And it's just blatant ignorance. But Twitter is not the place to have those conversations. I'd rather just say, hey, you know, um, and, I, it, you know, sometimes I, uh, I'll be uh, on Twitter. And I used to do this a lot back in the day. When I first got my YouTube platform, I'd say um, they'd come in my mentions. I'd say, yo, we could debate right now on YouTube. What's your, what's your time like? <laughs> Go I've, on, poof. I've tried doing the same shit and they usually, the they usually disappear or, <laughs> the, or they'll, they'll block me. And I'm right. like, wait, what happened? I, say, happened? I don't got the time. They'll be like, oh, oh I yeah, got I don't got the time for this. For this. But they'll wait. say, oh, I don't want to give you clout. No. Yeah. Right. They'll be like, oh, oh you guys are Nazis. I'm like, all right, tell me how. Nah, I ain't got the time. It's like, the fuck? <laughs> right. like, yeah. In fact, Torre. Oh, yeah, yeah, Torre. You know Torre, that yeah. fool. He, 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 he still follows me. Um, and he accidentally followed me because I was going in on white conservatives. I had a whole rant while I was going in on white conservatives and um, their shortcomings. So he followed me thinking I'm one of them. <laughs> right? He, thinking I'm one of his, right? So uh, he even DM'd me and he said, like, you know, whatever, whatever. And then some exchange happened on Twitter. So I went to his DM and I said, Hey, let's have a conversation about it. He was like, when I said Friday, you know, what's your Friday looking like? And he said, yeah, okay, I'm down. Hour later, he comes back. He goes, yeah, we're going to circle back on this. I don't have bandwidth for this. Bandwidth? What the fuck it was? You living in a hut? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's offensive. I'm sorry. That's wrong. Is he living in the next? I, I don't fucking know. Is he living like in a cave or some shit? I don't got the, let me. Right. Let me. Let me. Let me. I want to find the exact thing. <laughs> the exact verb. I don't so, have the the bandwidth. It's so wild because just to interject really quick while you look that up because like we've gotten comments about our podcast and how we don't have a diverse set of guests as far as like diverse thoughts and I'm like that's not intentional. We try reaching out to people on the left and we just get shut down. We all think differently. Yeah. So it's just like we we try to have those conversations. You know, when people just have like broad statements like, well, you know, it's it's bad for black people with this. And like we try to bring those conversations like, OK, can you can you tell me why, though? Because we we have yeah. these people that just say general statements like, you know, oh, it's harder for black people to do this and do that. And it's like, all right, can you counter this argument with like, you know, some facts or just having a conversation and we get yeah. shut down all the time and then we get called anti-black. We just have people that beg for that victimization. And it's just it's just so odd. And it's just like, you know, how we talk about we're just not for certain things like, you know, when it comes to affirmative action or we, you know, how it's just like some handouts and people want that. People want segregation, all black graduations, all black dorms. And then we get called anti-black. We're like, are we in the fucking twilight zone? Like, what's going on? Like, like we had MLK and people in the civil rights movement that was just fighting against this shit. Like we wanted everything to be our space, but we're asking for safe spaces. That shit don't make sense. It's like they, it's like a smack to their face. Like that's not what they wanted. That's what they fought for. But no, nah, we need this now. We need this place for black people. It's just I don't know. It's it's odd. We get called all kinds of shit. You know, it pisses me off. You know, when you see those videos where they go, oh, we're gonna go talk to some Trump supporters, and they know they go to the the Trump supporters that aren't very well-educated that say some of the wildest things. You ever see some of those videos? The guy's like, oh, you know, how do you feel about Obama during uh, 9-11? Oh, Obama, was, oh, uh, he wasn't even there. He, he, was, he didn't even care. 
It's like daily. Obama, shit. he was he was off golfing. It's like Obama wasn't even the president during 9-11. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you you know who the I feel like there's people they know who to target. Like yeah. they go to certain yeah. states and they go, yeah. that man doesn't look like he has all the crayons in his box. Let's ask him stuff. And right. when he says like wild shit, it's like, look, all Trump supporters are stupid. You can right. do the same shit to the Democrats. You could go yeah. speak to somebody who don't know dick from dick and ask them the same question. And I'm like, oh well, yeah, it's like you said, white supremacy, the white man. It's like we both of you guys sound stupid. You both stupid. Red, blue, stupid. Right. When you go, if you were to go and interview somebody who is really who's well educated can't talk politics on both sides you're you're gonna your youtube content is gonna be completely different or you'll fail because all you're doing is want to make fun at one side yeah and when we do this podcast we're not trying to make fun of one side we're making fun i make fun of both sides we make fun of all sides but the thing is when the left we try to go hey come on this podcast let's have this conversation i don't got time for that oh you guys could research it no i'm not giving you clout like so when we just have right wing people coming over and saying, listen, I want to have this conversation because I feel like we can have this conversation and I want to let people know this is why I support X person and so forth and so on. It's, oh, how dare you have a Trump supporter on your, on your podcast? Like, well, you get the <laughs> yeah, fuck on the podcast dude. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah come the on pod- down. Like when you go like, how can you instead of, you know, why do you? It just automatically shuts down the conversation. We, we get that shit all the time. And it's funny that you brought up when like, you know, when you, like, like when you get like leftists or like hardcore right or hardcore left people, one of the things I wanted to bring up for sure is because I mean I laugh at that video with the Starbucks thing. It's hilarious. Yeah, and we see run rampant, especially with our friends. Some people have actually distanced them, distanced themselves from us, and uh, white guilt has hit hard with a bunch of friends that we have. Oh God. He, uh, his his eyes got big with that. I mean, yeah, you could say white guilt when it comes to Starbucks thing because that shit was basically hilarious. So it's just. Do you, I don't even know how to ask the question. So I was like, in the, let's just say with this Biden presidency, do you see that just getting worse or it's, it's or, I mean, oh, it's if gonna anything, go it's away. Oh, it's going to magically go away. White girls going to magically gonna go. go back to goddamn Jim Crow. <laughs> Jim Crow Joe. Yeah, that's what, that's what black people fail to realize. Black Lives Matter is going to fade into because as as with a Democrat presidency, you're faced with two decisions. If Black Lives Matter is rallying, then Biden's not doing a good job. Right. Mm. Right? Now, we know a police brutality case is going to happen. It's inevitable. And it's going to get caught on a phone. And it's going to go viral. And you're going to watch the media go back to the 90s to when they ignored us. Forget the 90s. This is what people don't understand about Black Lives Matter. Under Obama's presidency, Black Lives Matter was demonized. It, it wasn't paraded and it was hidden too. It was, yeah, they, they wouldn't talk about it. They wouldn't show the protests. People were like, why is there a media blackout on this stuff? But when Trump came around, it was like, oh, we can use them now. Mm. Right. So then Black Lives Matter had a spotlight. So Antifa and Black Lives Matter under Biden is going to fade into irrelevancy. And then when you see something happen and it goes viral, black people going to ask themselves, why isn't the media covering this? It's because it go, it's going to go against their agenda. So then black people are going to be back at the point wondering, what do we do next election? Yeah. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to do the exact same fucking shit. They're going to vote for a new Democrat right. <laughs> and be in the same exact spot. I mean, Ice Cube said, like, hold your votes. Don't let, don't make them work for your vote. I thought that yeah. was. Have them show something. And the perfect, like, I saw. I, saw, I think Q, I think Q might have alluded to it too. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. yeah. They said that 
you could tell no parties actually give a shit because look at Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan is a perfect example of no party giving two fucks. Here go, here go, Obama and Flint. I was about to say when you drink the water. For what? For what? What water? Oh my god! I remember I saw. This water tastes better than this water. You niggas better stop complaining about this water. <laughs> you talk about what? Biden gets in office, the water's gonna be clean. I don't know what everyone's talking about right here. Like everybody think, oh, 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 Biden, Biden's in office now. Peace and love is gonna be no <laughs> shit. Ain't shit gonna change. And, and that's what's gonna hold him accountable. And that's what I loved about Trump presidency. As much as I hated Black Lives Matter, I was like, it kind of feel good to have white folks on their tippy toes around me, being all extra nice. I was enjoying <laughs> that shit. <laughs> Getting free Starbucks coffee. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I you got for free? Huh? You got Starbucks off for free? Bro. Yeah, yeah get my reparations. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I say, yo, get my reparations coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that would have never happened in the 90s. They would have said, get, nigga, get your ass out of here. <laughs> Are you serious? So I was, I was, in, I was as much as I hated Black Lives Matter for what they stand for and what they're trying to bring in the communism and socialism. How they put white people on their heels had me like this shit feel kind of good to be, you know, king of the world for four years. You know, like oh, black people got you know, we had black privilege for four years, and I enjoyed that shit. But under Biden, it's like damn, man, I'm back. We lost. To gotta go back. <laughs> you just out back to being the I'm in the back of the bus now. Uh, let me let me let me read that. Let me read this DM I, from Tory, just so you can right. see yeah, yeah. how I came to this. June 9th, twenty twenty. I forget how the, we got into this exchange. I said, "Are you free tonight?" That was at two forty one. And I thought about. It. I said, "Let me give him some options." Two forty four. I said, "Or tomorrow at seven p.m. or Friday at nine p.m." June 9th, ten fifty one p.m. Give me a minute to figure out what I can do. June tenth, twenty twenty. 12.55 a.m. that night. I said, okay, June 10th, 9.24 p.m. Any update on this? His response, I don't think I can do this. There's a lot going on over here. When I first responded, I thought you wanted a little Twitter convo. Maybe later we can talk more. Oh, I see. So you mm. wanted to act tough in front of your followers. That's the impression that I'm getting by You want that. to have... You wanted like a you public display. Mm. But, but think about that. He thought, why would we schedule... A Twitter conversation. Right. <laughs> it's wow. like a school fight. You never had a school fight You're like, yo, outside 3 p.m. and you got your friends like, yo, hit him. Hit him, bro. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to hit him. I'm going to hit him. Hit him, bro. Hit him. Hit him. Be like, yo, I, I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> you want to slap box, <laughs> man. That's all I want to do. It's just slap box. I just want to play. Like, listen, I didn't mean all that. Now you're getting hurt. Now you got to have a one on one. Your boys ain't behind you. So you you shook now. Right. Your boys are all behind you. And that's evidence of his cowardice because he couldn't just come out and say, I'm not going to do this. He tried to even lie. And usually lies come from fear. And he lied and said, I just thought you wanted a Twitter convo. Uh -huh. What? You don't schedule Twitter convos? Like, no. what, what are you? What are you? That's what it's about. Reddit PM. This ain't a Reddit AMA. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about, bro? Sounds like an aggressive ass dude. Like one of his latest things is like, well, it's like all all the people that voted for Trump. I hope you're suffering. I hope you're going through yeah. anguish and all that type stuff. I'm like, damn man, that's so much tough dudes. Tough dudes don't talk like that. Yeah, I know a lot of tough dudes. A lot of lot of tough dudes. They don't talk like that. They they some of the most coolest cats online. You know, like I had Cooley on my 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 broadcast. And when you do something wild to him, his his first response is strike one. That's what he says to you. And when you do something again, he says strike two. 
And you do something again, he says, all right, strike three, where we meeting? There's no talk with tough guys. It's either we going to do this or shut up, but don't run your mouth. Whereas when you see people talking all that tough talk, they're not tough guys. They're usually really soft. Oh, we saw that at TwitchCon, remember? All those dudes was talking hot shit, and oh! I was there. Me and Sal was ready. I was like, oh, yeah, he's not going to say, they just look at you like, let me tell you a quick story. So, uh, okay. so yeah. So uh, last year I got dragged by black streamer Twitter on, on Twitch. Oh, yeah, let them know. And, uh, you know. Because they're all leftists. Yeah, I, I understand that now. Back then, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, I don't I'm get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so, yeah, I had a lot of people come at me and, um, you know, call me anti-black coon, all this, that, and the other. And there was this one guy in particular that was really going hard. Like, every time he would stream, he would talk shit about me. He photoshopped the Donald Trump hat on me at one point, which is ironic because I had my political awakening this year. So I don't look at Trump the same way as I did. But in any case, like, yeah, he was just ragging on me. And then when we went to TwitchCon, um, I remember being in like a hallway and he was like right there. And this whole summer he was talking all this shit and like, oh, I'm gonna, I can't wait to get the scoop on her. I can't wait to drag her like in person or whatever. And then when we go there, I got these two with me. Nothing. Silence. <laughs> no eye contact. I'm like what happened? I mean, we definitely wanted to do something too. We were just like, Listen, we would just I'm look at you know how we just look at just like. And I was just... anxious the whole time. I'm like, damn, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna get beat up. Like I'm not in nothing. <laughs> Silence. Listen, motherfuckers are all keyboard warriors. I'm about that smoke. I grew up in Vix. I I'm from the hood. <laughs> just do it. Stop talking to me. I'm I just talk, I listen. I don't talk well with my my mouth. I, I'm not good with words, but I talk real good with my fucking hands. <laughs> let's let's go. That's it. I well, that's I, I you want, people that shit too. You want to like, tell them like kind of like that situation and yeah, that that's a good segue into this uh, this uh, last question that I got for you. So uh, the reason that I got canceled. Uh, so did you did you hear about um, the Little Mermaid and how they're doing a live action movie? Mm-mm. Okay, so the Little Mermaid in the cartoon is white, but they're doing a live action and she's black now. All right. Okay. Yeah. So I remember right when that got announced, I, uh, you know, I went on Twitter and I saw I saw people on the left accusing people on the right of being racist because they had like conf- like weird feelings about them tokenizing a character. And I was just like, let's not assume that people are racist. You know, let's not start throwing the race card out there. And from my perspective, if we talk about like black empowerment, I find it odd that a company would just recycle a movie and just paint a character black instead of giving us something original. Right. Mm-hmm. So I've, so that's what I got dragged for. So my segue into this question is, how do you feel about tokenizing in general? Because I definitely see a lot more of it lately. Can you define tokenizing for me, please? So uh, recently they changed uh, Batwoman. Uh, she, the actress was white, now is, is a black female. Uh, certain characters that were predominantly a, a white character in comics and cartoons and stories are now made just as as black people now just so them. so just changing them instead of make giving us our own new character or doing stories on characters already established it's just like no we just changed them and now look look here yeah yeah um like first Chase. of all it's really it's really foolish to want to be batman and like these figure fake characters what we have to first we, what we have to first understand is that these and i know people that work at disney right high up and the companies are too afraid to take a risk on anything that's not an established story or brand, right? So Little Mermaid has been proven, time and tested. All right, here's a story. We know it works. 
let's just remix the bitch, right? (laughs) 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 And that's what these, and that's, and that's what these, these content conglomerates do. They just remix some shit and, and just spit it back out at you instead of trying to come up with something new, right? Coming up with a great new story and empowering new content creators and taking a, even taking a chance on, 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 on a lot of new content creators and ideas they have. They won't take a chance. They'd rather take the budget and put it behind something that's already proven, which from a business sense, I totally get it. It works. But from a creative perspective, it goes against everything that creatives believe in. You got to understand that when you take that role, the white man giving you leftovers, you know, it's like it's, 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 it's like after he finished eating and, you know, you give the bones to the dog. That's y'all. When, you know, you, the, the white man giving you the bones like I right, we done finished eating off this little mermaid thing. Here, you can have the bones now, niggas. It's sloppy already, seconds. Yeah. It's just yeah, like we, deserve, we were just she was basically saying we deserve more than that. It's just like, first yeah. of all, it, it shouldn't be the point of a great character. Like it shouldn't be like, oh, they're great because they're black. No, it's like, no, we made a great character that just so happens to be black. So but like, I mean, look at that. But look at the history of comics. We've yeah. always had black characters in comics. And we've, and we've had great ones too. Spawn was black. I love Spawn. Icon. <laughs> Icon. Love Mr. Spawn. Terrific. Like, Brother Voodoo. Blue Marvel. I can't name one superhero in any arc that could whoop Spawn's ass. Who gonna fight Spawn? Not even God was able to defeat him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He, went against he was Spawn. God he went at one point. <laughs> and the devil and smack both of them. Yep. The creator you, you went against. Yeah. So, so how do you want any other role other than the black man that kicked God ass? <laughs> <laughs> you settled for Batwoman and Little Mermaid when we could have had Spawn, my nigga. <laughs> and what pisses me off too, like we have like a superhero. You ever heard the superhero called Icon? Mm-mm. Okay, so Icon was pretty much the black superman so okay. here he was from a, he was a dying planet he landed on earth during slavery mm. he felt he was picked up by slaves he was working on a plantation and then he knows he was like i'm not like these people i'm like super strong in the vulnerability of these powers so he's like i'm gonna help free these guys help start freeing slaves work with harry tugman full in the civil war he went through all the great depression and all that stuff he was there with the movements right mm. became a became a, a lawyer and and one of the issues like these kids in the he, I think he was like, I think it was like Harlem and these kids broke into his office and he's like, you're not going to do this to me. Like, why, why are you doing this? I'm one of you. And he, he took him in. He took one of these kids in and she had powers too. But the thing is like, that is a superhero that went through slavery and prospered and he was trying to help the youth. Look at, look at our Luke Cage. Luke Cage whole thing was like, my people, I'm looking out for my people and my people alone. And they can't. Harlem is mine. Stay the fuck out of it. And they can't Wakanda, Luke Cage. Yeah. yeah. And they can't. Black Panther, Black Panther, all of Wakanda was like, yo, whatever's going on out there, fuck y'all. We stand right, right here because right. we get involved. Look what happened. No. Yeah. And people don't seem to realize it was like, oh, Black Panther, this, he's the first black superhero movie. No, Meteor Man. Remember the movie Meteor Man? Meteor Man. Right. Yeah, yeah. Meteor Man. Man. That's uh, Robert Townsend. Exactly. In the hood, crime, uh, poverty. He got powers. What's the first thing he did with his powers? He gave took them down, up. Like he the crackhead took, houses and everything. Took, took down the crack, the drug dealers. 
um, he built he built a, like a um, a garden for everybody. He wanted to get back to his community. We had black superheroes. Blade, Blade was a black man killing Blade, white vampires. Bro. I was just about to say that. Blade, black man exactly. killing white vampires. <laughs> in the movie, they were one of the white vampires. Ron Palmer was like, "Oh yeah, do you blush?" And Blade was like, oh, yeah. and "He smacked them up." We got all these like, great characters. It's Blade just like, but we still got to paint people. Blade. Blade whoop Dracula ass. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Dracula is not is not one cracker on earth stronger than than Dracula. <laughs> and he whooped the elite cracker. <laughs> and we acted like Black Panther was no. I don't even like Black Panther. I'm like, I'll give me more Blade. He was whooping uh, yeah. my ass. Yo. Ali though, he's gonna be a great Blade. Yo, I'm looking forward but to that. His- what 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 when when Vanessa when I saw that was happening I was like y'all really y'all really letting like us to get little mermaid like why could it be like she is another iteration like she was she fucked with Ariel and everything I was like she she making her own path like don't even call her Ariel but like she was fucking Rosanda fucking Monique yeah. or some but shit. the thing is Whatever. like she got dragged for it like she got called anti black like, for so it. St- Stupid, and we were and just like, like she just wanted more. That's oh, all. Got I guarantee yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you. I predict that's this. Cause, that's because that's cause, now. Go ahead. Do your prediction. Here's the prediction. Because if they ever read the original German iteration, The Little Mermaid, she kills herself at the end. Oh mm. shit! Now I get. I if here's a prediction. If they put that <laughs> in the movie when the little black girl kills herself when she doesn't get to marry the prince. Everybody gonna be like, oh, of course they killed the black Ariel. Of course they do it. It's like dumbass. It's in the fucking original story. <laughs> They're gonna make it mad woke for the tale. fact that she's black. But but, but 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 check this. Why isn't the love interest in in Little Mermaid black? Mm. He's what is he? He's like Spanish or some shit. He's a cracker. that's what it is see they will not show you a strong black black uh relationship male female relationship they'll show you they'll show you no tyler perry shows you defunctional relationships yeah dude Mm -hmm. i was about to say it's like it's always like a mad black woman when it when it yeah. comes to those, no, uh, it's like, a, the light skinned man saving a white a black woman from a dark skinned black. Man. And that's what I was gonna say about gothics. She got it worse because she light skinned. She light skinned and she cute. So they don't like that. <laughs> Damn, oh, you, you, you set up the fail. You you light skinned and cute. Oh hell no! Get this bitch out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and your hair and your hair ain't nappy. Oh, she's a white supremacist. <laughs> And you have that opinion? Oh no, nah, you done. You not black no more. Damn. They get on her too. They're like, oh, she probably dates someone white. And I'm like, I'm dating her. Yeah, they tried bringing <laughs> they tried bringing him up. Right? They're like, oh, I bet her boyfriend's uh, her boyfriend's white. And then someone commented, hey, he's some type of brown or something. And I'm just he's like, yeah, what up? Brown. <laughs> like, he's some type what of up? brown. I was like, I'm not <laughs> white, right? So you- so y'all a coon couple. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We both have Puerto Rican, half Cape Verdean. <laughs> we both. We're the coon couple. We're I like coons. that. I like that. Man, Brother Hotep, you made me more woke, brother. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I have a new perspective on life. I think I might go to ho- become a Hotep, man. Yeah? Come no, on over, man. I love just the education. I got so much everything. energy on this episode. I have to say, I'm just like, yeah, I'm fucking, let's do this. <laughs> I like it. It just solidifies everything that that we're doing because to be honest we've, we've just we've we've lost a lot of like just like friends and just they were, they were not friends I yeah. think they were you know, more like friends. acquaintances they were like, like 
like you know, you know yeah, I, like, I don't want to be involved in these situ. I don't want to be involved in these conversations. You guys do this. You guys do that. And it's just like we're just trying to be have an open conversation. People just shut it down the right. second that they they like we interview someone they don't like or we just talk about something they don't like. It's you know, but this this kind of solidifies that we're in the right direction anyway. Yeah, you know that's why I say go independent. But I feel bad because like gothics, you know, gamer, right? You think. Hey, I'm playing my PS and, you know, I'm in the gamer community and it's all good. And it's just like one tweet and it's like, you can't game anymore. And it's just like, wait, so you guys only believe one thing and anything outside of that is just not allowed. And so you can't even build a brand in the gamer community. And that's bad. Like, like we are completely ostracized from society. We're like the new Jews. (laughs) I mean, Jesus. I mean, yeah, like, and that's the thing, too, is, like, when that, you know, when BLM and all that shit started, obviously, you know, I have opinions, and I'm very vocal about them, and it's just, like, it was crazy to see how imbalanced, like, the streaming community was as far as, like, how many leftists dominated it, and then how many other people were ostracized for just using free thought. So, it doesn't, like, at this point, it doesn't quite bother me, because, like, we talked about before, like, you know, if there's something that you enjoy doing that you just don't kind of enjoy doing anymore, I'm kind of at that stage where it's like, I want to experience other stuff, I don't want to just be known as the girl on Twitch who plays video games, I want to experience more, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I gotta get your book, too, because this conversation, I need, I need more of that energy, this was good. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm gonna have a sale soon, and be half off, um. But yeah, yo, fucking get a copy, man. I had a psychologist hit me the other day and he said, um, talking about my book, Dominate Twitter. And he said, um, I bought courses from people on Twitter and we're talking about popular people on Twitter and um, mindset Twitter, I guess you can say. He said, I bought their courses, then I bought their book. And he compared my book, my 100 plus page book to a course. And he said, I've gotten way more out of this book than I did these other courses. This is coming from a, a doctor. Wow. Damn. I had another I had another white dude, well-established millionaire guy. And he after he read my book, he said, you know, Hotep, I wish I had this when I was 20. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause people when I when you when people see me advertise Dominate Twitter, they think they're getting a book on like how to tweet. And there's some of that in there. But what I put in there was 20 years of marketing experience. And if I wanted to, I could reformat the book, take everything out of Twitter, and it would be a book on how to build the ultimate brand using marketing and branding. And I could just sell you all the same exact product and people wouldn't know the difference. Well, the people who bought Dominate Twitter be like, hey, this was in the first book, right? But everybody else would go buy it. But some people don't buy Dominate Twitter because they think it's just for Twitter. But really, I did it on purpose. I didn't want the information to get out there like that. Um, and that's why the price is 50 bucks. But um, yeah, it's an amazing piece of material. I, it really what happened was I thought I still wanted jobs. So I wrote the book because I wanted to establish myself as an authority on marketing. But also while I'm tweeting, I had all these rules in my head that are happening as I'm tweeting and every day. And I'm like, Yo, I got to get this out of my head because it keeps swirling around and it's very distracting. So I just put all the rules of, of, of just straight up branding and marketing in the book and why things work. And um, the way the psychologist uh, described it, he said, my book is very meta. You know, I teach about like the hidden science behind marketing. A lot of people like, oh, post this and make it look like this. And then fuck all that. Like you can go find that free on YouTube. 
I teach you like the esoteric essence of marketing and um, why it works. So you can build anything you want. That's dope. That's dope. All right. I need that book. I need that book. All right. Well, hell. Hit me um, up. Hit me up. Hit me up. I'll send y'all a promo code. Oh, okay. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Discounts. All right. <laughs> um, I don't need handouts. <laughs> so, um, I like that. That's that's some alpha shit right there. <laughs> we got we got similar humor. I dig that. Um, all right. So, listen. Tell everybody where they can find you. Just type in Hotep Jesus. Actually, don't do that on Google. Never mind. Oh. Listen, I found some. I found some very cool images of you on Google by typing that, and I have to say, <laughs> yeah. If you uh, if you Google Hotep Jesus, it's like slander article, slander article, slander article. Yep. So don't Google me. Um, and whatever you see out there, I didn't say that. <laughs> it wasn't that wasn't me. me. <laughs> Can I tell you one more story? Yeah, go? Go yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So, real big leftist media outlet reached out to me and said they want to interview me, and um, I was like, "All right, cool, come interview me." So it's it's over the phone, and um, before we even started, I said, "This is off the record. You can't use any of this stuff." So the dude started citing some things I had tweeted in the past. So I'm on the phone. I'm like, "What I say?" And he's like. <laughs> You said such and such. So while I'm denying, I'm like, nah, I ain't say that. I'm typing in exactly. And he's and I'm like, what did I say exactly? So as he's saying, I'm typing in insert and I'm like, delete. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm antagonizing him. I'm like, man, you ain't got nothing on me. Da, 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 da. He's like, well, what about this? And I'm like, what I say? <laughs> delete. <laughs> so that was me. He does this like five times, right? So then we hang up the phone and he DMs me. He goes, you deleted all the tweets. <laughs> <laughs> and I, just mad, back, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Prove but, it. Um, Word, prove that shit, bitch. Um, but he tried to post screenshots and shit like that. But the tweets don't exist, so you could have made up for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, you can find me at briansharp.co. That's the best place. B-R-Y-A-N-S-H-A-R-P-E dot C-O. Uh, you know, get on my email list. My email list is going to send you eight emails that gives you an entire rundown from me and all the things I offer. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show. It was a blast. Thank you uh, so much. This is great. Yes. It's a pleasure. Yes. It's a pleasure. You know, um, I don't get to talk to my folk often. So when they hit me, no matter how big or small, I'm like, yes. <laughs> 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 my niggas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need anything? <laughs> need some sugar. Let me get some sugar. I love it. I love it. So I appreciate the invite. Anytime you need me, I'm always here. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you That's so great, much. Man. Thank you. Um, all right. That is it, everyone. Thank you so much for watching another episode of Subtweet This. Uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to get notified when we have another episode. And be sure to check out subtweetthis.com for bonus content. Um, and that's it. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.